I'm Warren Berkeley with the Laurel Heights Church of Christ, McAllen, Texas. Our studies in 1 Peter continue. I'm going to start by reading 1 Peter 1, 13 through 21. We may not be able to cover all of that passage, but I want to read for the sake of continuity 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 21. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on him as father who judges impartially, according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. So that's the reading of 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 down through verse 21. 1 Peter is about the necessary instruction and hope the Apostle Peter gave to suffering Christians. As you see on the screen, to encourage and instruct Christians for hope and endurance in their earthly difficulties while keeping their confidence pinned to faith in Christ and the activity of that faith. The teaching of this epistle can have that same good result for us today. I need to talk with you first about the transition here from one section of text to the next. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 12, there is emphasis on spiritual blessings Christians have, and therefore the hope that we enjoy during trials. It is primarily positive in the emphasis on blessings and the hope that we have by faith. Being a Christian means, let me summarize the first 12 verses. You were given that choice by the foreknowledge of God sanctified by the Spirit and redeemed by the blood of Christ. Those born again into the family of God enjoy a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Our hope points to obtaining an inheritance reserved in heaven. We are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Even though we suffer, we can greatly rejoice. As our faith is being tested, 
we are being prepared for praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. These things are of such great and rich substance, prophets and angels knew the value of these blessings and wanted to know more. So from verse 1 down through verse 12, there is this theme of great spiritual benefits enjoyed by those who obey Jesus Christ, benefits that we must hold to tightly in difficult times. Now, we must not take the view that we just sit back and relax and passively receive and enjoy these blessings and have this hope. We must believe in Christ with a belief that continues to obey him through our difficulties and our trials. And that's the emphasis of the text beginning with verse 13. The idea is, since you have all these great things enumerated in verses 1 through 12, here is how you should continue to live, to continue to have these blessings from God with the attached hope. Then there is specific instruction here for obedient lives. The word that begins this section is, depending upon your translation, either therefore or wherefore. And that's a common conjunction used to introduce a conclusion. So this word unites the teaching formerly given to the teaching and imperatives now being given. Uh, I talk all the time about making connections as you read and study the Bible. I'm going to call this the connection between blessings and behavior. Blessings and behavior. The blessings are presented in the first 12 verses. Beginning with verse, 10, uh, verse 13, the behavior necessary to continue to enjoy these blessings. Prepare your minds. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope. Do not be conformed to your previous sin. Be holy, etc. If you want the blessings enumerated in verses 1 through 12, you must live this kind of life. And this kind of life is described beginning at verse 13. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. In the King James and the New King James, there is this curious expression, gird up the loins of your mind. The word gird is the term from which we get the English word girdle. Now, don't let that throw you. In Palestine and in Asia Minor back in that time, most men wore a very wide belt around their midsection, around their waist. And when preparing for manual labor or travel, they would gather up those long flowing garments up under that belt. Let me give you several passages where this is mentioned. One, 
from the Old Testament, one from the New. In Exodus 12, when the Israelites were getting ready to embark on their journey out of Egypt, the men were to eat the Passover with their loins girded. Here's another. In Luke 12, 35, the Lord was talking about being prepared, and he said, let your waist be girded and your lamps burning. So the idea behind this word gird or girding up the loins is to get ready for action, to brace yourself and do whatever is necessary for action, for work, for travel. The corresponding modern expression might be roll up your sleeves. So here in 1 Peter 1.13, gird up the loins of your mind, or in the English Standard Version, prepare your minds for action. The teaching is to be mentally ready, and being mentally ready all the time, get up, get busy, be active, the activity of your faith in Christ day after day. And that means you learn, you think, you decide, you plan, you concentrate, you pray and study so that you are not knocked off your course when unexpected, unpleasant things happen. So whatever may lie ahead, whatever form of suffering, persecution, temptation, your mind is set, you are ready, preparing your mind's for action. When you read and study the Bible, when you examine yourselves to grow spiritually, when you do what you're doing right now, and you keep your faith nourished and growing, you're girding up the loins of your mind. You are mentally and internally getting ready for whatever difficulty or whatever temptation may occur in the future. And let me stress now how all this is connected. If we want the blessings presented by Peter in verses 1 through 12, we must maintain the kind of behavior that he teaches, beginning at verse 13. Gird up the loins of your mind. I visited a man in the hospital one time who was near death and could not speak and he wrote on a tablet, I'm okay, I've spent all my life preparing for this moment. That's what this is all about. It says here, keep sober-minded. This word sober means to be calm and collected in spirit, to be temperate, dispassionate, circumspect, clear-headed, it includes refraining from intoxication, <clears throat> that is, not getting drunk or high, but the word is broader than just that common association. Mental control, mental discipline, careful thinking, using the Word of God to govern your thoughts and desires and ambitions and passions. The opposite of this would be reactionary impulsive, not thinking things through carefully. Then this behavior includes setting your hope completely on the grace 
to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, I've said this before in the study of 1 Peter, this hope is not vague. It is perfectly directed and fixed in your mind toward being with deity in heaven. Confident expectation that not only will earthly suffering end, there is glory ahead for God's people. In the NIV, the New International Version, it reads this way, prepare your minds for action, be self-controlled, set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. If you want to continue to have the blessings outlined in verses 1 through 12, you must participate in the behavior commanded by the apostle, beginning in verse 13. Verse 14, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. Let's continue. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. Now, this is the second time in chapter 1 Peter has something to say about obedience. Back in verse 2, all the activity of deity providing salvation, and our response should be to obey Jesus Christ. Now, here again in verse 14, our behavior is to be obedient. We are to live as obedient children, if we desire the blessings described in the previous section. Of course, there is also faith in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 5, 7, 8, and 9. So isn't it clear? Isn't it clear? God offers salvation in Christ. To have that gift, I must have and exhibit a faith that is active that is obedient. Faith and obedience are connected by Peter and by the other inspired writers of the New Testament. Faith discovers its existence in obedience. So we are to be obedient children. That defines the quality and practice of our lives as children of God, obedient children. And notice this, not conforming yourselves, or in the New American Standard of Prohibition, do not be conformed to your former sin that you committed in ignorance. Some of the older translations have not fashioned. So think about conformity and fashion. In the use of either word, the core idea is imitation. In fashion, we observe what is considered appropriate in our culture and time, and then we imitate that. In conformity, there is the practice of conforming yourself to or imitating some model. Peter's point is, be certain you do not imitate the behavior of your previous sin. In three words, don't go back. 
Do not fashion your life according to that old wasteful model. Do not conform to the former lust when you were lost in ignorance living in sin. That word ignorance should cause some thought. It can mean not knowing, but it can also mean being informed, but not living according to that information. That's ignorance. Ignorant of consequences, ignorant of the glory due to the Lord. Peter's point is, don't do that anymore. If you want all the blessings described in verses 1 to 12, here is the necessary behavior. Prepare your minds, be sober, fix your hope where it should be, be obedient children, and do not conform or fashion your life according to the sin that you gave up. The sin that you gave up when you were baptized into Christ. Now, verses 15 and 16. As he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Now, let's connect this to what we were just talking about. We were just talking about imitating models. Peter said, do not imitate the model of your previous sin. Do not conform to that old model, that sin that you left and the ignorance of it. Now, here in verse 15, the correct model, the correct model to imitate is deity. Just as he who called you is holy. In God, in Christ, as written by the Holy Spirit, there is the correct model to live by. And it's the model of holiness. That's how we are to live. As it says here, it is written that we should live according to this highest model. Did you know that over 50 times in the New Testament, you'll find this expression, it is written. One of the most notable instances of this is when Jesus was tempted. The devil came to Jesus misusing scripture, beckoning Jesus, inviting Jesus unsuccessfully to sin. Jesus refused every temptation, and each negative reply was introduced by affirming, it is written. It is a call to give heed to what Scripture says to avoid being tempted into sin. It is equivalent to what we say, read your Bible. The Scriptures teach and this crosses dispensational boundaries. The scriptures teach the necessity of holiness in God's family. In the book of Leviticus, for example, this statement occurs that we've just read, that Peter quotes from, the perfect character of God is holy, set apart from what is wrong, morally pure in the highest sense. That's our model. Christians must live by this imperative to be separate from sin as God is, as Christ is. That's the model we must strive to imitate 
day after day if we desire to have the blessings identified in verses 1 through 12. There is this expression in 2 Corinthians 7, 1, cleansing ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. So we have blessings tied to behavior. If we find the blessings in verses 1 through 12 to be attractive and needed, we must take seriously these imperatives. Preparing your minds for action, being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. Be holy as God is holy. And we add now verse 17. And if you call on him as father, who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile. If I claim that God is my father, I need to understand who he is. He is the perfect, ultimate, impartial judge. He sees me exactly as I am, inside and out. He sees you exactly as you are, inside and out. Therefore, Peter says, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile. Conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile. And that conduct must be marked by fear, respect, reverence. If I say that I'm a child of God, I need to consistently be thoughtful about my life in terms of godly fear, respect, and reverence for God. That truth I need to live by now, and I'll be prepared for whatever temptation, trial, or difficulty may hit me in the future. I'm going to come back in just a second or two with my takeaways. Takeaways. I'm going to stress again, making the connection between blessings and obedience. I think sometimes people read the Bible and attend carefully and repeatedly to the blessings without equal attention to the manner of life that is associated with those blessings. It is very pleasant to think about God taking care of us and blessing us and being generous toward us. But let us also never slight or ignore what God requires of us. And you know where I'm going. Verse 2 of 1 Peter 1, obedience to Jesus Christ. And here in verse 14, be obedient children. If I want the blessings I've got to be responsive to the teachings of Jesus Christ.
Number two, be holy. That word holy carries with it the idea of sanctified, separate, separate from the world because of my alignment with God and my imitation of Jesus Christ. It isn't just being different. It's being different because I'm obediently responsive to God in all my manner of thinking, speaking, and living and relating to God and to others. Number three, don't go back to your former ignorance in sin. The idea of going back should not be considered unless you're talking about going back to the Bible or going back to God. Don't go back to your former ignorance in sin. Keep learning, keep obeying, keep hoping, keep active in your relationship with the Creator. That is the pathway forward. That's the pathway forward. Thank you for participating in our study.